Are you the kind of gal who isn't interested in living the status quo life, who wants to hear from other ladies that are paving their own way while making waves? Well then, She Makes Waves is for you. I'm your host, Lindsay Mayuga. Join me as I follow my curiosity around what living a successful life really means. Let's dive in. Okay, guys. So this episode is one that is like dear to my heart and one that like I put out into the universe and it came back when it was meant to. And today we have Emily Carroll on the podcast. She is a hairstylist salon owner. She owns Canvas Hair Studio and is in the process of starting Canvas Hair Academy, which is a education platform focused on extensions. So Emily, thank you for joining me. Thank you so much for having me. Yes. So I mean, we have so many people in common. It's like, I feel like you are someone that I think, again, I mentioned Teddy on every episode, but I feel like, you know, Teddy and then I love Teddy. I know (laughs) she's always with me in spirit. And uh, yeah. And then also I know Annie, who is your business partner. Um, So, yeah. So tell us a little bit about like, I feel like you know, you're the only thing I really know about your hair story is that you, I assume lived in Indiana because that's where you met Teddy and you've kind of, you know, had a lot in between. So can you just kind of just start wherever you want to start and we can just jump from there? Yeah. So interestingly enough, like I feel like I've just bounced back and forth between kind of the Carolinas and then, um, Indianapolis. I went to school in Charlotte. I, uh, I found a job in Charleston, South Carolina, and I worked there for, um, about six years and then moved to Indianapolis and (laughs) went from, working in small salons to finding this huge salon in a college town and surrounding myself with like, I think at one point there was over 20 stylists there, which was, it was a lot, it was a lot of fun, but that's where I met Teddy. Um, And then I found my husband, he was living in um, South Carolina. So we dated long distance. And then after we got married, we decided to move back to South Carolina. So that's what brought us here. Um, it's been, let's see, so almost six years or it has been six years now um, that I've been back. And I found Annie on Instagram and we became friends and decided to open this studio that we have together now. And I feel like I have like found my destination, (laughs) my career, and this is who I'm supposed to be with and build, um, build my salon life with, and just feel super settled in that. Wow. I didn't realize how much like cross country was involved. I know I kind of like ping ponged <laughs> back yeah. and forth, but sometimes and- I feel like that's what you need to do to like figure out where you're meant to be. Oh, totally. And like, I was, I was, um, telling one of my friends, whenever someone, one of my friends is like, Oh, I like, I spent all this money. I'm going to spend this money. I'm like, Oh, listen, peace comes at a price. And I've spent (laughs) a lot of money. I tend to like, tend to have these big learning experiences, but I agree with you. Like it's, it'd be nice if it was clean with a bow on top and delivered. And like, we all want that life, you know, but like, I find that I have a lot of clarity and I know the direction I'm meant to go in because I've gone in a lot of directions. Absolutely. Yeah. I couldn't agree with that more. 
Yeah. So like when it comes to working with Annie, like what is like, how do you guys have it set up? Because I haven't had anyone on that, you know, has a studio with a partner, you know, and is kind of like navigating that whole world and, you know, with kind of doing your education and stuff. So what kind of inspired the, the jump to going into independent and the education kind of thing you're about to start? Sure. So I do feel like um, we have a really unique setup because usually when you move into a studio and you go independent with your career, it means that you are alone or solo mm-hmm. working um, from a single suite. Um, I actually did that when I first moved back to South Carolina. So I moved from that big salon in Indianapolis to a one chair solo salon suite. And it just wasn't for me. I really missed having, um, someone to connect with. And I love the stories that you get when you have a chair next to someone and just, um, being able to communicate as a group and laugh as a group and, you know, offer advice as a group. And I think, um, that's why I moved out of the studio in the first place. And so when this opportunity came up for me and Annie to do this together, it was without hesitation. Like, I think we decided in 24 hours, like we found out about the space and we were like, let's go now. We don't want to miss this um, because there were only two doubles in the whole building. So um we were both pregnant at the same time. We had our babies and, um, just really like went through the trenches together. Um, and I feel like that's why it works is because we have so much in common and I don't know, just with the way that my life has shifted in this last year and the way that my schedule has changed, I'm working, four days a week, I decided I didn't want to do nights or weekends anymore. And I thought to myself, like, what could I do to transform my career and just elevate it a little bit more? Because I do want to offer, I feel like I have such a passion for um, connecting with stylists. I love it when hairstylists come and sit in my chair and I get to do their hair. Like, I think that's the coolest thing that is like my ideal client. Um, and just being able to share with them what I have learned in my career. Um, so I was teaching like kind of one-on-one maximum amount of girls that I would take is like if they wanted to bring a friend to learn how to do extensions. And the unfortunate thing about that was it would take away time from my family on the weekends because I didn't want to take away from my clients and remove that time from my working schedule. So I would come in on a Sunday or a Saturday to teach local girls how to do extensions. And um, I decided that just wasn't for me anymore. It wasn't really operating the way that I wanted to. They needed more help past that one day. And so I thought to myself, like everything is online nowadays. Why not just offer a platform where people can get that like one-on-one coaching option or, you know, being able to deliver what I do behind the chair every day, because that's really what people need to see is those 
moments of experience when a client comes in and they're like, oh my gosh, I didn't learn this in my extension certification. I have no idea what I'm doing. So I'm excited to put that together and offer it to people. And I do think that it will fulfill that void that I've been feeling of not teaching um, in a way, and actually even probably even more than it was before when I was doing in-person classes. Totally. Like three major takeaways from what you said. Like the first is like, I love that about working with another person that it feels a little bit like the salon and steel magnolias. Like it's like the way that people chat. And yesterday I was like, my client even said, she's like, I just feel really blah. I don't think it's my hair. And then my coworker, Helen's client goes, I know at the shampoo bowl. And then my other coworker was like, we get it. And she's like, that's why I come here. I feel seen. And it's like those little interactions that seem so silly. They do matter. Yes. I live. Yeah, I do too. And then the other thing you said about like your partnership is like, you guys have very similar visions and very similar like lives. Like you go home and you have families and you have, and I would say like having had a partner and not having, um, you know, that stuff in common, I think was a, a hindrance. And the right. third thing you said was the education component that I loved because I felt the same way after doing one-on-one coaching. I was like, I feel like even after five weeks, I felt like, okay, people want more and I don't want to deliver more. And so then I, I started kind of going, well, what could I do to like, you know, still be able to educate and still be able to help people, but not do it in a way that feels like it doesn't have like closure or it feels like it starts to feel like more responsibility than I want. Yes. It's an interesting dynamic. Yeah. Like I wonder how many people, and I would say that I think, you know, that like a lot of people that get into education probably have a similar experience to you and I, I don't think it's one people talk about, but I do think that it is hard because it's like, just cause you figured out how to have those boundaries and things with your clients doesn't, this is like a whole new business. Absolutely. Yeah. And it almost got to the point where I felt like I, I was letting them down because I had shown them how to do something, but then when they were trying to make it happen for themselves behind the chair, I realized like the light bulb went off and I'm like, they need so much more than just this one thing that I'm giving them. And how can I make that happen without having to individually go to so many people? So Yeah, totally. And even just like thinking about the life that you want, because it's like, you you know, even it's like you knew you wanted to teach education to uh, like to educate on extensions, but like the way you were doing it wasn't honoring you. Right. Yeah. So as far as like the shifts you've made with your schedule, like how has that looked for you and how, like, how have you kind of set it up to like kind of honor yourself more. And like what, you know, you said you're not doing weekends, you're not doing nights, which I love. (laughs) Yeah. So, right. And it's, you know, I was kind of thinking about that this morning about how, um, I feel like that's the goal. Like even before 
I went to hair school or I was in hair school either way. It was very early on. I was like, well, I know that stylists like have to work Saturdays. And like, usually if you're employed by a commission salon, like they make you at least work like one night, you know, late night a week. And how I just, you know, I remember hoping I would get to a point in my career that I would be that stylist who had like earned their time off on the weekend, you know, like mm-hmm. <laughs> something that I had to like work hard for. Um, but I think the reality is that we can do anything that we want with our schedules. And while it is a very scary change to make, um, you know, sure you will lose some people if you decide to not work weekends, but a lot of those people, I think we don't give ourselves the credit that we have made really deep relationships and connections with them. And, you would be surprised how many people make it work um, because they don't want to lose that. But for me personally, um, you know, I would love to say that I just woke up one morning and decided to make that change for myself because it's what I needed. But I made the change when um, I lost my daughter when Sloan died. So, you know, that story, Um, we lost our 10 month old very unexpectedly. And, um, obviously when you go through something that huge, it changes your entire life. And for me, it really shifted my perspective of what I wanted to make a priority in my life. Um, so I immediately made the decision to not ever work a night or a weekend again, because one of the like immediate thoughts that I had in those really early days when we experienced that loss was like how many times I in my like giving personality and just who I am had come to the rescue to a client or taken them because I wanted to earn a little extra money to like you know do whatever with or um, picked up a Saturday or you know my husband's a teacher and he gets the entire summer off so that means that like I could, I could do anything with my schedule. And I just remember thinking like, oh, <laughs> I missed the point, you know, like just being regretful of the things that I missed out on by like grinding myself and thinking that, you know, that was more important. Um, so just like forcing myself to slow down and it's, it's been amazing working, you know, four days and having three days off. And I feel like I'm so much more intentional with the time that I spend with my family. And, um, this year I took it a step further and I got a a business phone so that on my days off, I I'm not finding myself like slipping back into that and addressing my clients on the weekend or that time that I have set aside. Um, so I, I took it even a step further and said, you know what, I'm, I'm going to have this separate line. I'm going to have do not disturb hours on it. And I do check it maybe once a day, um, on my days off just to make sure nobody has an emergency, but it's just been really wonderful. Wow. Thank you for sharing that. I, um, when you were talking and I didn't know like exactly what you were going to share. Um, but when you said like, I feel like I had to earn that time off and it's like, I think we 
all feel like that. And it's, you know, in some capacity, but then it's like, we don't know what that would look like. So you just like spin and spin and spin on the wheel. Um, and I think it tough tends to take moments in our lives that, you know, rock us, shake us to our core to actually make the changes that maybe you wanted to make anyway. Um, and the other thing about your story that is so like, I want to commend you for many things, but one of the things is like the urge to speed up instead of sit with like whatever you're going through, I feel like is very strong for me. So the fact that you had this, um, this huge loss. And instead of like being like the easy thing to do in a way would have been to like, just like drown yourself in work. And the fact that you chose to do what I think is the difficult thing and to sit with it is to me just so powerful, you know? Yeah. And yeah, it takes a lot of courage. And I know that like, there's this saying like, um, you know, when like when your life kind of, you know, has a moment of just like, intense clarity. It's like, you can either wake up or you can dive deeper into illusions. And I feel like that's exactly like, you just were like, okay, this is where I'm at. And it, and I'm going to just be here with what is. Yeah, exactly. You know, I, I, I can't, you know, I feel like the, those early weeks, like are such a fog looking back even, but I do remember going back to work and thinking like, I I need to work. Like, you know, I have to support my family. I have three other, three other boys who are depending on me, um, and a husband and having people say like, I don't know how you're doing this because I would just not be able to get out of bed in the morning. And I don't know. I feel like, and I'm not saying that, um, like if you can't get out of bed in the morning, that that's wrong but I do feel like we have a choice and I could have either let myself drown in the grief and the sadness of losing Sloan, or I could choose to make my life better because of it. Um, and I feel like making that choice honors her so much more than just allowing myself to be filled with anger or um, resentment at what I have been dealt in life. Um, but that doesn't mean that it's not hard every single day. Right. But I totally agree with you. Like we, we have a choice and while my life, like I miss her so terribly, I do think that I see, like, she allowed me to see everything um, with so much more beauty now um, and to have so much more grace and understanding and force myself to slow down. So while I would never have wished that this would happen, obviously, um, I do think that it has made my life better in a lot of ways, which is, I know, very kind of taboo to say that, but it is. Well, it just speaks to the amount of work that you've done on yourself and like the, in the situation to, to be able to find that, because I don't know, I just think sometimes like an, another like gift in what, you know, that you're giving other people, you know, this, this uh, way of seeing things. It's like, if you can find the 
forgiveness and the, all the things that you have to wrestle with, then like, you know, someone else with a less extreme, you know, story can go, if she can do it, then I can surely like get up tomorrow and like, give it another go. So I think that that's like a nut, like the ripple effect that you and your story has on other people is, is infinite because of that. Right. Yeah. And that's, you know, my husband, Christopher and I, that was like our major, um, wish was that like, even in Sloan's death that she would still make big waves in other people's lives. And we do see that continue to happen. And there's no way that would continue to happen if I chose to be filled with anger and resentment, because it doesn't allow that light to shine through. Oh, that's powerful. Yeah. I, I honestly, like, I feel like I just like watching you and your husband. I'm like, they're the cutest couple ever. (laughs) And I didn't know he was a teacher, but like, I'm a big fan. Yeah. He's a technically, I guess his title is Dean of students. So he was a teacher when we first moved here, but he's kind of moved into this. Um, it, I guess he's the disciplinarian. Um, but he's not like a crack a whip kind of guy. He's so good at like connecting with people. And I think that, you know, um, the loss of our daughter has made that, um, more possible for him because he can relate with students in a much deeper way now. So it was pretty cool to watch that transformation in his life as well. Yeah. I was going to ask you like, you know, how, how has the loss, like, how is it like the things that it's changed in your relationships, like your relationship with your clients, your relationships, you know, with your kid, your kids, your relationship with your husband, because, I don't know, like the way that you share on your Instagram, I feel like, I don't know, there's just like this, like realness and this, I don't know. I just, I, I sense that like, there's just this like level of honesty and just, I don't know, just realness, but you share what you've, what your takeaways are, if you feel comfortable. Sure. Yeah. So with my clients, um, I feel like it's so funny, like, um, like our pastor said to me, there, there will always be like pre-sloan and post-sloan. So I feel like there's, um, you know, like the old Emily and the new Emily and like the old Emily was very quick to be frustrated by situations that didn't go her way. Um, so in terms of work and client relationships, um, when things come up now, I like to take a breath and take a step back and, not be such a control freak because this has taught me that absolutely nothing is in my control. It's all out of my control. And it's really uh, powerful and freeing to be able to let that go and give that away. But um, it has made me be more understanding um, if things come up or, you know, just a remembrance of we never know what somebody else is going through, um, or what they've been through in their life and what's happened to them that day. So, um, I feel like it has deepened my relationship with people, or I'm also like, not afraid to be like, Hey, like, are you having a tough day? Like what's going on? Is there something that I can help with? Um, or more perceptive of just like what their individual energy is that day when they sit in the chair and what they're needing. Whereas like before, I don't feel like I could have delivered that on such a deep level. Um, With my kids, I feel like in the grieving process, um, the hardest 
absolute hardest thing was not carrying my own grief, but feeling theirs, right? Because, you know, they're five, seven and 11. So it was a very interesting, um, thing to watch, you know, there's, um, different ways that each age range processes grief. And like my boys had hit every one of them was like in a different stage of processing. And so to figure out how to carry that and support them while also (laughs) navigating my own grief was hard, but you know, you know, you you always want the best for your kids. And so to watch them experience something so painful, um, was difficult, but again, same with my clients, like it made me slow down and be more intentional and not just brush things off as much, but really listen to them and like, think about, you know, why they might be having such a hard day or if the situation occurred where, um, before I would not have tried to understand why they could be angry about something. I found myself thinking like, oh, well, you know, I think that Chip might be upset about the situation because it makes him feel some type of way about his sister, but he doesn't have the ability to communicate that because he's only five. Um, so that, that was interesting. And I actually, um, I lost my mother when I was the same age that Chip lost Sloan. So I do feel like it helped me in some way. Um, I, I would like to think that it helped me help him navigate that time. Um, but yeah, just slowing down, hearing people more, being more understanding. And the biggest one, Lindsay, this is a little crazy. And I share it with you because I know that Chris would not mind. Um, but before Sloan died, I had actually contacted, um, an attorney because I thought that I was going to file for divorce and we were not in a good place. We weren't communicating with each other. Um, I was really angry, um, because our son had been diagnosed with type one diabetes and just watching him walk through that and having to carry that for the rest of his life. And I was just super bitter and in a horrible place and it bled out into our marriage. And then, um, and then unexpectedly Sloan died and I'm not sure just, it was just an immediate change in the way that I viewed everything. And I was like, why have I been so bitter and so angry about something that, and, you know, looking back is so small, it's just like a drop in the ocean. And so experiencing that loss really changed my entire perspective. And now I feel like Chris and I are closer than ever because he's the only one on this entire planet who completely and fully understands how I feel and what I've been through. Um, and I just like, we look back on it now and I'm like, gosh, just like I laugh at myself for being so incredibly bratty and stupid, you know? (laughs) So, yeah, no, but it was your journey and your process. And I think that that is, I think it's so cool that you even would share it. And I've never said this 
on the show, I mean, I've alluded to it, but like I filed for divorce twice. And in doing that, I realized what, and I don't know if you can relate to this. Um, I feel like it was this like external quick fix to feel like it gave me like the illusion of like change or illusion of like, I don't want this to be my story. I don't want this to be my life. Yes. But then I remember going on a walk with my dog Capone and being on a walk and being like, holy shit, I still have the same story. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You're exactly right. And that's where I was. Like, I remember sitting down like with my counselor who I absolutely love and her being like, were you just like, what, like, what, what drove you to want to do that? And that was exactly it. Like, I just wanted to pave a whole new life for myself. Yes. It's like, it is such an illusion. It's so ridiculous because you're like, um, Hey, Emily, like, even if you do this, it still happened. It's still but, there. Yeah, he's still your ex-husband. You still have how many kids with him? You still, and like, to me, it's like, like you can't erase your story. You can't erase what's happened. It's like, what are you going to do with what is? And I think that like society really rewards that kind of external, like it's such an external move, but it's not doing anything that's internally. For sure. And that's like, sometimes I'll like, you know, I don't think cringe is the right word, but for lack of a better word, sometimes I'll like cringe internally when I hear someone say like, oh, well, you know, like my divorce is going to be finalized next month. And they're like, yeah, you go girl. Like, you can, you know, throw yourself a party. And I'm like, oh, <laughs> I understand sometimes that, you know, it, it's out of anyone's control, but I just think about those moments where I thought I was empowering myself and really I was just avoiding is what I was yeah, doing. Yeah, totally, totally. And like, I think that is so powerful what you said about like where your relationship was going and where it's gone. And like, you know, it's like, to me, it just goes to show you that like, like nothing, like you can get through anything. Yeah. Yeah. And like some people like, yeah, you hope that people don't end up at their divorce party being like, I'm going to feel awesome. And they're like, I felt on the walk, like, holy shit, I still have all this work to do on myself. Well, this is really inconvenient. (laughs) (laughs) Oh yeah, no, I think that is so, you know, and when you were speaking about your, your kids, I feel like that just was so powerful. The part about, um, you know, like that you were five when you lost your mom, like that, that had to be bring up so much for you. And the fact that you didn't, I feel like sometimes when I don't want to process things, I, I would have hard time sitting with other people. And even I think about my client relationships or things like that. Like when I, you know, don't, you know, like when I didn't want to like feel back in the day, like, it's like, if my client came in and was having a day, I'd be like kind of snippy with her. So, so much of what you said, I'm like, I relate to so much of it. Yeah. I mean, and I think sometimes we learn, you know, the most from people that have stories that show an exit are an example of that on a large scale. And I would say your story is that on a large scale. So even if someone has, you know, feel, you know, feels this, they don't have to have gone through what you went through, but you're, you're just, to me, just like a shining example of it. Yeah. Well, thank you. No, totally. And so like, kind of like moving into your future, how do you feel like everything you've been through is informing how much does it inform the direction that you're taking your life in and how much does your passion come from, you know, just what's transpired? 
Yeah. Um, I don't know. I feel like, um, I feel like there is this like underlying current now. Um, whereas like before I would just move through my day, um, without intention and, it's interesting. So I listened to, I realized last night on my drive home that I had not listened to your podcast, um, about Capone. And I was like, Mm. you know, I just really want to do that, like moving into this. And, um, you said something, you said, we don't have to say bye to the ones that we love. And I think that, just embodies so much of how I feel now in my life and like what drives me and inspires me because, and I know that you'll understand this, like sure Sloan is gone physically, but like, I feel her spirit with me every day. So like I was saying, whereas before I would just move through my day without intention, I feel like not every day, like I may not be physically carrying her, but emotionally in my heart, I am. And that's what drives me to do the things that like, I never would have pushed myself to do before. Oh God, this is, yeah, you, you had me at hello. I, (laughs) I was just thinking about, as you're saying that I'm like, God, it's like, I'm doing the same thing. Like, as far as like, I'm always looking for signs from him. Like I, I have this new idea of a project for like making a quote box and like, I'll be thinking to myself, like, I'm excited about it. And then I'll see a fire truck. And I'm like, he's saying, go, go, go. And I think, I think that's like, I'm going to (laughs) cry, but it's like, that's like the kind of the intent, like what you're saying. It's like, you know, it's not that it ever like goes away, but it's like, learning to look for the, their buy-in, like, am I on the right track? Like, am, yeah. is what I'm talking about? Like, give me a sign. And like, I don't know, like even like, just like getting more spiritual, like just being like, I don't believe anything is like at random anymore. Like if I saw seven no. fire trucks, I'd be like, okay, all right, I'm going to hunker down here then. <laughs> you are exactly right. And I think that is, what brings so much beauty, um, after loss and that grief, um, is that you do realize, I hope that people can realize that, um, there, nothing is, is unintentional. Everything is by design. So, um, you know, like I decided, I made the decision that I was going to sit down and record this in her room. So I'm sitting in her room right now in her rocking chair. And when I walked in, I was like, so yours is a fire truck. Ours is usually, I mean, there's multiple things, right. But the main one is butterflies. And I was like, man, it would be so cool if like someone sent me a butterfly, like right before I sit down to talk to Lindsay. And I was like, I'm going to open her closet door and just like, see if I can smell her, you know, before we do this, just to kind of like center myself. And I noticed that, um, a book had fallen down in her closet. So I picked it up and turned it around and there's a butterfly on the back of the book. So that's beautiful. Yeah. I, 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 you go on. Oh, it's just, it, you know, 
just the slowing down in life and noticing things. And I, you know, it really is just so much more beautiful now. Um, yeah. And it makes it fun, right? Like you're like looking for magic, right? It brings me so much joy when those things happen. And to know that like, it's not coincidental, um, is really cool. It's, it reminds you like, there's so much more than what we usually allow ourselves to see on, on a daily basis. Yeah, no, totally. And it makes me feel like less, like, you know, when you were talking about like feeling like you had control, I think it makes me feel like, you know, like big moments teach you that you aren't in control, but then also when you kind of tap into this, like that things are by design, you stop feeling like you have to control the, the story or like how the day goes. You're like, I don't know, maybe it's supposed to go that way. I really am not here to say which way we go. Uh, and just like, if it does, like it continues to like free you up more to like needing things to go in any which way. Cause you're like, well, maybe I am supposed to take a right there and see a butterfly. I'm not in charge of that. I'm just here. I'm going along with the day and letting it guide me. Absolutely. And you know, for somebody like I am just, I was, yeah. Um, a control freak. Like I wanted control in every aspect of my life. And I thought that it created like this safety net for me, but in reality I was missing out on so much. Yeah, no. And I, even, I was the same way. And like, you know, I remember like the first day I went back to work after losing Capone and the fire alarm went off in the salon. Right? And I, I remember being like, this is exhilarating. I don't even care if I do any of your hair today. And that was like such a shift for me. Cause I feel like before I would have been like, all right, the fire department needs to get out here because like, I I need to color this person's hair. And like, it would have seemed like an emergency and it like, like fake emergencies stop being emergencies. Absolutely. Yep. Yeah. It's just powerful. I, I, I love how you shared what you shared and I'm very grateful Um, and it moved me obviously. Um, and I know well, so many other people, I wanted to do something that I I've, you know, started to want to end each episode with a quote and I hadn't really, I just kind of like want what to, what's meant to come through to come through. So today my husband was on his go way to going to a funeral. And I said, Oh, let me grab you a card. And I grabbed um, these cards that were my client is an artist, Amanda Evanston. And she did these holiday cards that have angels on the front. And I was like, what do you want an angel card? Or is that too much? And he's like, no, that's great. And I flipped the card over and on the back is the quote that I'm like, well, this is obviously what I'm supposed to leave Emily and everyone with. It says, may there always be an angel by your side. So I leave you with that. Thank you so much, Emily. Thank you so much, Lindsay. It's been such a joy talking to you. Wish that we weren't so far away and could grab a coffee or something. Sometime. I know I want to hug you, but I just, I think it was real and it was honest and it was more than I could have ever hoped it would be. So I appreciate and really am honored to have held space for you. Thank you, friend.